0: Thanks for listening to the Healthy Church Podcast with Larry Barker and Drew Klein. The Healthy Church Podcast is an honest conversation about what it means to be part of a healthy church. There are no perfect churches because they're all filled with imperfect people led by imperfect leaders. But by God's grace, we can begin to dialogue about what changes can be made in our lives as leaders and in the churches we serve in order to better love God and His people for more information and other resources, go to HealthyChurchPodcast.com.
1: Well, hello again, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the Healthy Church Podcast. My name is Drew Klein, here with Larry Barker. And I'm just excited about this new series that you're calling Foundations for a Healthy Church. Uh, yeah. You know, because one of the things, I mean, it's in our name, right? We, we want and hope that churches, whether they be new church plants or existing churches of a 100 years of age, that they are all the church that, that God wants them to be, that they be healthy, uh, that they be sound. Uh, that I'm going through a series in Titus, and that's a word that we keep seeing in Titus. But uh, So that is our, that's our heart, I know, and, and we want to talk about what it means to have a good foundation. So I think that's where we're headed at least. Am I, am I doing a pretty good job of explaining that?
2: Oh, you're doing an excellent job. I couldn't put any better, Drew. You know, uh, I like how you said it, whether it's a church planner, it's a church that's 100 years old, the church just wants to refocus, but a church wants to revitalize, or even if a church wants to replant, as you have, uh, that we want to talk about values, mission, vision, and strategy. You know that you can go through that process so that you can know who you are, where you're headed, and how you're going to do it.
1: No, I love that, and I think those those are four honestly kind of pillars, if you will, in the foundation of what a, what a healthy church might look like. So, how do we get started today? What what are the first things that you want to talk about?
2: Well, we're going to talk about core values and mission statement and vision statement, and then strategies. But you know, I want to remind everybody; I think this is important. We want to come up with this you know, this killer vision statement, you know, and we think if we get this killer, you know, man, this is going to do it. But having a vision statement in nowhere, in no way guarantees that your church is going to be a visionary organization.
1: No, you got to move
2: past that. You've got to be able to discern and govern your core values to develop it, but then uh, live it. But developing it and getting it down, that is definitely a step in the right
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I know that uh, we are always talking about the fact that our vision statement is aspirational. It's it's in front yeah. of us. It's something we, we want to shoot for. You know, when people walk in the door, they they may not go, well, You're I don't see all these things right now. But it's something that we're hoping for, shooting for. And I think it's important. One of the things these statements do is they give the church a language to understand and speak with, like these are the people we want to be, the things we want to do. And so it's aspirational in that in that way.
2: Oh, it is. Absolutely. And the terminology we like to use is you're always looking at your preferred future, out, out in the future, of course, but there's your present reality. And I always like to use a rubber band to illustrate. If you grab a big rubber band, you pull up, up at the top in your left hand, that's your preferred future. But down at the bottom, you're holding the rubber band. That is your present reality. And there's always going to be the tension between those two. Well, you will either lower your vision down to your current reality Or you're going to raise your present reality by pursuing that vision, by dreaming again, believing that God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And dreaming again means that you focus on God's possibilities. Man, I just want to tell y'all, you leaders, don't give up. Don't quit trying. Uh, I love Galatians 6, 9. It happens to be my verse that I be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you don't faith. Mm-hmm. fulfill our calling. Let's let's not die to the potential that God has for us.
1: Yeah, I love that. And even as you talk about this dream language, um, dreaming again means that you focus on God's possibilities. It's God's dreaming. Because I think yes. sometimes as church planners or as, as leaders, so many examples in church culture, in pastoring culture, Man, they are, they're, they're fleshly-oriented uh, possibilities. You know, can I, can I be that speaker? Can, I, can our church be this number? Can I get that book? Can I do – you know, we begin to think those ways because those are many of the examples we see. When really yeah. what you're saying and what is right uh, is that we dream God's dreams and what, right. what is his metric – What is God's desire for our vision, right? You know, the making disciples, seeing people come to Christ, sending people out on mission, those are God's – that's his metric over our dreams. And I I hope that as pastors we can begin to dream those kinds of dreams more than what comes out of our brokenness sometimes.
2: Yeah, you know, and our good friend wrote that book that we interviewed, Presence-Centered Church. And if somebody asked me – Larry, what book would you recommend to me? That's the book right now Mm -hmm. by Bill Ellis, Mm -hmm. because God initiated plans. We don't want to move forward without his presence. So you're right. It's not just our dreams. Right. It's God's dreams, because those dreams so often are so different. Than ours aren't they absolutely you
1: well know? you mentioned you're talking here about weariness and giving yeah. up and quitting it you know there's there's this old joke about pastors quitting every Monday morning you know and there's some truth in that it, this is not an easy uh calling that God has has called us to, but um he is with us he, he'll make a way in those places where it seems there is no way, and we do we carry on for his glory.
2: You know, and you brought up a perfect segue into this next point that I wanted to make because when we are no longer functioning on God's dreams, then we begin praying pray to the insider focus. Those inner voices of the people inside the church get louder mm-hmm. than those cries for help outside the church. Oh boy. And the dream begins to shrink. And the vision is no longer what it should be. It becomes about us instead about our church living on the mission that God has called us to live on.
1: Now, I'm not going to ask you to repeat all that, but my goodness, that's a mouthful right there. It is. So many of us as churches, I'm, I'm, I'm convicted about what you're saying, Larry, because it's so easy to let the stuff of church the life of the church, the people in the church, the issues—good, bad, ugly, whatever the case may be—it's a full-time job, kind of just caring for the body. But when our needs and our voices are louder than those outside our church, we got a problem. We're upside down, really.
2: It's exactly it right there, and we get we get that we get that uh, illustration scriptures of the lost sheep leave the 99 go after the one mm. and Jesus even said i've come to seek and to save that which was lost in voices out in the world who are dying and headed on a road to hell. And we can't seem to hear them because of all the other white noise, if you will, or the busyness and the ministries and all the trappings. And it's easy. I mean, it's just so easy, but that's why it's good to check back in. Okay. What are our values? What is our mission? What is our vision of how we're going to carry that out? And what strategies and steps do we have to move in that direction? And getting the, uh, you know, here's the key getting the congregation to buy into that and to own that. This mm. is all of our responsibilities.
1: That's really good. This is not, hear us, pastors, this is not all on you. Like this is something you are called to lead, you are called to set vision, but we need to do that with our people, and they need to own that vision. They need to live those values. They need to be a part of that mission. It's not just us going, oh, by the way, this is what the church is doing. No, it's not just you. It's everybody, but it's so easy in these kinds of um, church uh, health conversations for pastors just to sort of put it in the backpack and go, okay, i gotta, I got to work harder, i got to do more. But man, there's so much of this we just need to share with the people.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And we're going to get into those four things for a brief moment. And then the series will discuss each one more at length. But before we get into them, you know, uh, you brought up aspirational values. And I think we got to be honest about that. I do. Actual values, our behavior backs them up. Mm -hmm. Aspirational values, nothing wrong with them. Mm -hmm. But they're still aspirational. It's who we desire to be, not necessarily who we are. And an example of that, in most churches, we say we value making disciples. And we say that because the Bible says we should. So we got to say that. Mm -hmm. We say our mission is to make disciples because Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says so. But then we got to ask ourselves a question. Are we making
1: disciples
2: <laughs> who make disciples?
1: Exactly. That's it.
2: That's the difference between actual and aspirational. And it convicts me to, I'm not getting on everybody else. This convicts me also. Am I following through on what I say? I believe. And it all begins with
1: vow. Yeah, well, it's a reminder to me, it's not a one and done. It's not like we go, hey, we got our values, we got our mission, we put them on the wall, and we're ready to go. No, this is what I'm learning. Is yeah, you put them on the wall. Yeah, you speak about them constantly. Yes, you teach on them. Yes, you bring them back up, but you keep checking in. Now, now, are we doing that? Are we those people that we said we wanted to be aspirationally? Is this a true element of our lives? And how are we teaching? How are we leading? Do we see it happening in reality? Or is it staying sort of in that aspirational world where? Man, look at these things we want to be, but we we'll, we we're just not those people, you know. So I think it's so good to uh, keep uh, what I'm learning. Just keep coming back and, and and addressing where we're winning and where we're not, and how we can do things better.
2: I love that. I heard years ago when I first got into this thing, uh, you know, um, in the offices with the BMA, and and I heard a great, I heard a guy say this: the two greatest dangers of any ministry. Number one an unwillingness to evaluate number two, an unwillingness to do anything about the evaluation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah.
2: We need to keep rechecking, and I like how you said it. We got to keep revisiting that. That's why this is important. You say, oh, we did our we did our mission and our vision statement years ago. These things need to be revisited, mm-hmm. minimum every two, maximum every three, two to three years. You need to recheck on these and evaluate and say, okay, this is who we said we are. How are we doing? What's that looking like? What can we change? Where do we need to tweak? Where can we get better? Where do we Need to improve? What do we need to stop doing so we can do what we need to be
1: doing? Yeah, it's not unlike uh, a personal assessment. You know, I mean, as believers in Jesus, I know that there are days I'm not really walking in who I need to be, and there's days that I'm really strong in Jesus. And so it's like, am I bringing a personal assessment to myself? How am I doing weekly, daily? Uh, God, I want to stay in in your Word, in your way, doing, being who you want me to be, and I think it's really not that much different, even as as a church. Well, as we go through these values, tell us. I know you're gonna we're gonna break these down over the series and get into them in depth. But what are some of the specifics of each of these? You mentioned a little bit about values. What are some of the specifics on on these? Well, areas? the
2: values answers the why. Gotcha. That's why you do what you do. I mean, just think about it. Why, why do I do certain things for Shelby mm-hmm. uh, that I won't do for others? Well, she's my wife. And, uh, and, and it's the, it is that thing that moves you. It's, uh, they are what you believe, but they're more than that. They determine how you actually behave. If you really value the truth, you're not going to lie. Now I'm not saying ever, but overall, uh, and I'm not giving an excuse, so you can lie <laughs> right. uh, because we're never given permission to sin. But I'm just saying, if you really value truth, that's mm-hmm. going to be the practice of your life. Yeah. You really value. I'll tell you a funny one. Sitting in a in a in a uh, a surgery waiting room for a little girl in our ministry when I was on staff in Michigan. And, and Drew, one of the neatest little young ladies I ever knew, her name was Sunshine. That was her given name, and she fit it. I mean, that's who she was. So I went in, prayed with her, and I'm sitting out in the uh, 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 waiting room with her mom. And I said, boy, we sure would love to see you in church. And here's what she said. Oh, now, you listen to me. She goes, I want you to know, I value church, I value Bible, and I value uh, uh, Jesus. But now, I don't read my Bible, and I don't go to church, but they're important to me, and I just want <laughs> you to know that. And I knew her Her heart was in the right place. She <laughs> meant well. I'm not getting on her. Yeah. But if we really value it, and that's what we need to start with that funnel of evaluation. okay. What do we say we value? Here's something we'll talk about more in the next one on values. Sometimes pastors, what they value and what a congregation values are opposite. Uh And if that's going on, so it's good for you to figure out, okay, pastor, what do you value? But you also need to figure out what does your congregation value? And then you need to begin striving to align those values because values are what move us together on the mission.
1: Yeah, very good. Very good. Okay. So we got values are the why. What about mission? What is What would you call mission? Well,
2: mission's the what. Mission's oh, okay. supposed to be doing. And to be blunt, mission has been determined for us. Um, and I like what one author said. Uh, the church doesn't have a mission. God's mission has a church. That's good. And and that's why we call it, what do we call it? The great
1: co-mission.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. So in other words, what are we to be doing? We're working on his mission right. with him. It's our identity. It determines our direction. It's why we exist. Mission is God's mandate to his church.
1: Right. Love it. Love it. Go and make disciples. Yeah. That's what God has called us to do. Very good. Okay, yeah. so we've got values, mission, uh, vision. What what would vision Yeah. Do?
2: Well, vision. And you know, before I step into vision, one other thing on mission. A lot of times we say purpose and mission are the same, but I want everybody to hear me on this. I think our purpose is to glorify God. Our mission is one of the ways we do that. Mm. So our purpose is glorify God, and our mission is to glorify God by mission. Now, vision, values is the why. Mission is the what. Vision is the where you're going. It's being able to see that preferred future, that golden uh, tomorrow, that uh, that picture of a uh, of a better future. It's seeing the possibilities, but it's not just pie in the sky. Mm-hmm. Vision also is in, is able to see the difficulties and the challenges. In getting to that preferred future. You know, one uh, uh, vision that I love is there's a couple of good resources out there. Uh, I'd really uh, uh, love the idea of being able to look out a ways. You know, people talk about BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. <laughs> and that's part of vision. Somebody spiritualized it and said they're big, holy audacious goals. <laughs> of uh, course they do. You know off, off of the B hag by Jim Collins, but it's being able to say okay, if our church is what it's supposed to be and reaches its preferred future, what will this community look like?
1: Mm.
2: How will it transform our church and how will it transform the people around our church?
1: Yeah, I love that. And when you begin to think about vision, I think it's easy or it's good to have Dream language, what if? And that's exactly what you're talking about. If we could be the church that lives this vision, uh, what would happen in the community? What would the community look like? What would my family look like? What would we have learned? And that dream language sometimes gives uh, us uh, the ability to see where we're headed as a a congregation. That's beautiful.
2: You know, there's even the times of Great Awakenings in uh, America when revival occurred You know, there were certain businesses that were thriving under sin. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When people got their hearts and lives right with God, those businesses began to struggle. Why? Because the vision was becoming a reality. People's lives were being transformed, and it was changing the community. Mm -hmm. And so that's vision. Vision is the motivator that gets you there.
1: Okay, that's beautiful. Lord, let let it happen again. (laughs)
2: Absolutely. Strategy is how you you're going to get there. And it's the map. It's the steps you're going to take. It's the, for example, I'm going to disciple. Okay. What's your discipleship pathway? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to develop leaders. Okay. What's your leadership pipeline? And it's as much choosing what you should not be doing as it is what you should be
1: doing. Yeah. That's good. I think just ha- having that plan, living that plan, That's uh, our church is in the middle of that. We're kind of rethinking some of those things. And this is one of those things we talked about a little bit earlier. You have to kind of come back and reevaluate, and that's where we are. We're re- reevaluating some of that discipleship pathway and how we do it and what tools we're using, and are we being effective? And so, yeah, I think that's uh, that's great in strategy.
2: And, you know, you said this earlier, and I want to stress it again. And everybody needs to hear this. I need to hear it. I need to remind myself it's God's values. Mm-hmm. It's God's mission. It's God's vision. And it's God's strategies. I wish we as churches would quit comparing ourselves and trying to copy mm-hmm. what everybody else has done. Yeah, There's all these different types of church. Now, our functions are the same, Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. But how those functions uh, are are carried out the forms of those functions are going to look different in every church and i think that's the uniqueness that god desires and wants i think it takes all kinds of churches yeah. to reach all kinds of people i've worshiped in india i've worshiped in moscow i've worshiped in romania in many places in north america and i love it when i see the different nuances and the different forms of that function of worship. Uh-huh. And uh, so let's not get hung up on those, man. Let's uh let's allow diversity in the body of Christ and let's allow one another to be different. I even used Sunday in my sermon drew. I used one of those old shape boards that kindergartners get. Yeah. It has got the slot, it's got the slot where you put the star and you put the oval and you put the rectangle. And you know what? God's got all these different shaped, sized churches, but he's got a game board for all of us to fit in mm-hmm. to carry out the work of the kingdom. That's what it's about. It's okay if you look at a little different. It's okay if uh, your functions take a different form. Embrace that and be good with that. And and uh, are you reaching people? And are you making a difference? And are you making disciples? And so contextualize it and, and uh, put it in a way that's going to minister to your people. Yeah. And you don't have to have the killer praise band to worship God. But you know what? You can have a killer uh, praise band and worship God. Sure. It's not an either or. It's right. both a-
1: Yeah, you get in trouble when you're the square church trying to fit in the round church hole. That's it. Thank you very <laughs> much. And that's, I think, what uh, what you're saying and what we're talking about, and even what Daniel M. refers to as the copycat church. That's where we see yes. somebody else and we want to be that. We want to see those same kind of things in our churches. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, we have to contextualize who we are, uh, who we have in our body and how we care for them. Uh, that's, that's really good. How, how would you wrap up? I'm really excited about this series and I think it's going to be a blessing to pastors as they're kind of Maybe they're rethinking these four things for their church. Maybe they're at the end of that three years or ten years or whatever. Going, let me let's start over with some of these things. I'm excited that that this series can really give them some put some meat on the bones to some of these issues uh, in leadership. But how would we wrap up today? As you kind of you know have vision for what this is going to do and, and where we're headed.
2: Yeah, in each one of these areas, I'm really excited. We've got some tools in our toolkit, some we've developed, some we have borrowed, to be blunt. For example, with these four things, we're gonna build a vision frame, which Will Mancini uh, developed in his book, Church Unique. And that vision frame, when you put all these things together, what does a picture frame do? It it focuses on the picture. So it gives us the vision proper. When we know what our values are, we know why we do what we do. When we know our mission, we know what we're supposed to be doing. We know our vision, which is that map that gets us there. And then we develop metrics and strategies of how to determine whether we're being successful, not at producing what somebody else is producing, Amen faithful to God-initiated direction for our body, for our church, and being faithful in that. You know, Drew, what I hope will come out of this is we're going to give people even some more uh, things to think through so they can become more effective right where they are right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we get to heaven one day, there's going to be some pastors going up towards the front, getting extra stars in their crown. And I think everybody in heaven's going to go, who's that? you know, because they're way out in the country somewhere. And you know what they were? They were faithful to God's value. They were faithful to God's mission, vision, and strategies, Mm -hmm. and were bivocational or even tri-vocational. My friend Gary uh, Rohrmeyer says he was tri-vocational because he was trying everything he could to pay his bill. (laughs) And those guys – are the guys that are heroes, and we want to help them and say, hey, here's some tools. Here's some ways we can help you to get a vision proper of where you believe God wants your church to be two years, five years, 10 years down the road.
1: Man, that's good stuff, and I'm excited about helping any way that we can as as our listeners will uh, join us for the next several weeks and we talk about these specific things in the foundations of a healthy church. Man, that's going to be good. Thanks, Larry, for uh, dreaming about this and writing towards this, and I'm looking forward to the conversations we're going to have in the coming weeks. Me too. Uh, Guys, if if we can help you in any way, please let us know. Uh, Find more information about – our program, and our hearts for you at HealthyChurchPodcast.com. We're on Facebook as well. And we hope that you'll join us these next few weeks as we talk about what it takes to build a healthy foundation for the church. And by the way, we're not experts in this. We're, we're uh, learners with you. Yes. And and so as we talk about these, I'm learning uh, from Larry, and, and we're learning together. So I pray that you would— know that that's our heart we're not here to try and tell anybody that this is the best you know we have it figured out we're learning as we go and we hope that you will learn with us as we seek the grace of god in all this so thanks for listening god bless you hope you have a great week.
0: you've been listening to the healthy church podcast sponsored by activate a church health ministry of the bma for more information resources and other related topics please go to healthychurchpodcast.com or find us on Facebook at Healthy Church Podcast.